if you want to do justice to Champoglal's story, it may take quite a number of sittings. And I don't think I had the power today to do that. At any rate, I am very gratified to know that you are eagerly waiting and very happy to know also that you are very much interested in Champoglal's story as a devotee, as a disciple, who served the mother and served the over long decades. He has so much endeared himself to your heart, though perhaps many of you had no close contact with him. Talks on great souls like Nolinida, Amrutada and Bhuvitrada are an act of grace and a sacrament of joy. It is especially so in the case of our Maharaj Chantavlal. By the way, Maharaj is the title, is the crowning title I gave him for some special reason and he seemed to have liked it. Anyhow, so it is particularly so in the case of Maharaj, for his case is the most recent in our memory and his service to the mother and Sri Aurobindo for long decades, from his youth to his ripe wisdom, is almost unparalleled in the spiritual history of India and of Europe, even I believe, which will, which will be cited as a symbol of self-consecration. I am reminded of the Upanishadic days when the disciples of the Gurus gave themselves completely in their service to their Guru. And the result was their self-realization through the service of the Guru. But here there is a difference. As we have read, Champaglal came here through the service to realize the divine. But later on, gradually, as his consciousness developed, it became only solely to serve, not caring or thinking at all of whether realization will be achieved or will not be achieved. To serve them was his whole mission in life. Then, meanwhile, you had a talk from 
our Guruvai Pundi, Madhav Pundi. He brought out this aspect in his enlightened talk very well indeed. And many other things he had said, which perhaps you know. But it seems to me that though it has been satisfying to some, it has also whetted your appetite to know much more about Champavlal than what he has said. So therein comes my role. You think that because I had a long close association with my close friend Champavlal, I must be knowing a lot about him and therefore I am the man to satisfy your hunger. Well, whether I can do it or not, I shall try my best. It is certainly true that there is much to be said about Chambhukla. And there is much also not to be said. Well, then let us start with two questions posed by friends to me when the news of Champavlal's departure reached the Asa. I was asked, how do you feel about it? Aren't you very sad? I kept quiet. The other question was, why has he left the Asa? We are not at all happy about it. He should have stayed here, and if he had to leave the body, he should have left the body in the Asa. Well, perhaps in my talk, you will get the answer from the talks that I will give you. I will not directly say anything just now. Then, according to my estimate, my thinking, Champoglal's life falls into three clear divisions. First, from his arrival to Srivindra's departure. Second, after that, to the mother's departure. Third, to his own departure. So there are the three departures in common which divide his life in the asa. I shall try. My emphasis will fall mostly on the first part. Because in that part, I had the great opportunity to come into close contact with Maharaj and the golden opportunity to serve the Master along with him. So we have lived together, served together. I can speak with some authority on that aspect. That is why my emphasis. The second part, I live alone because I was not an eyewitness as to how he had served the mother. 
Third is the most unknown part to all of you. It is a most mysterious part and I know something about it. Therefore, I believe you will like to know something more on that part, which will come. And I don't think I shall be able to cover all these parts today. So it will remain hanging for another day, God willing. So now, before I start, let me go back a little to his first meeting with Sri Madhava has drawn your attention to it, but there's something very interesting I found in his book, which is called Champaulal Speaks. That is again a mystery which I will try to speak about later. In that book, when he met Sri Aurobindo, there was a short conversation of Sri Aurobindo with Champaulal. That is very beautiful and very amusing too. So Srivinda asked him first of all. He says Srivinda asked our names, inquired of Dixit, etc. He asked, looking at me, "Do you know English?" I said, "I didn't." He began in Hindi and asked how we all had come. Then he answered. Then the question, "How long do you want to stay?" He asked. The answer, as long as you keep me. He was just 19 or 20. I replied. He started looking round and smiled. He told us to come the next day. That was Srivindu's way. And added that he was free at four. Then, the next day we sat quiet. Then Shivinda inquired, "How many people are there at Baroda or somewhere at Kashibai's? That is Komla's father. Champagla, twenty and a family. Shivinda, what are Dixit and Punamchat doing? Mark the answer. His answer. Why do you ask? You know everything." Shivinda suddenly smiled and spoke almost in whispers. Yes, I know. And then looked round, laughing uproariously. Shivendra laughing uproariously. Then he asks, "What are you doing in yoga?" He answers, "I don't know what is yoga. I am practicing something taught by my friends." Then this, I think. Uh, Madhav has told you about. I leave out that. Shivendra asked, "What made you come here?" I answered in some detail. Do you read any papers there? I don't know. How long did you stay in Bombay? Four days. Where did you stay? Etc. Now, what are you going to do at your place? We have not yet decided. Then, after that, it was six p.m. 
Sovindu went into his room saying, now tomorrow. Now the third day. It was with difficulty that you waited when you were called up. After Pranam, when Sovindu started speaking, I said, speak in Gujarati please. He laughed and said, I knew Gujarati when I was in Baroda, but now I have forgotten. Then he says, you know everything. You know everything. He laughed and laughed. You can speak at least in Hindi. Sure, Hindi. That too I don't. You know Hindi. And then he spoke in Hindi, explaining what is meditation. So this is Champaglal. You can see from there. I don't need to comment how simple it was. And what he said, he believed in it. You know everything. His soul intuition, his soul recognition, who serve in the world. That brings me again to him. Mother, I think, mentioned it. In his first meeting, he bowed down at Srivindu's feet and remained there for one hour. Imagine that, a boy of 19. For one hour, I draw your attention to that fact. And then, the culmination of that significant event we find when Srivindu was departed. On the eve of his departure, what did he do to Champagla? You have been told it has become a common knowledge. Mother Pandit has mentioned it. Srivindu embraced him passionately more than once or twice a strive. We saw with our own eyes. We could not believe it. Srivindu the impersonal, becoming a person and embracing his bhakta with passion, you can't imagine it. So between the first act of Champaglal's adoration and the second act, as a recompense or a reward from Sri the Master. Between these two acts, what is happening? There is a golden thread, as I read it, linking the first act to the last one, with the culmination. What is this golden thread? We shall try to see in our talk to bring out the significance of this chain or golden thread. Now, coming to our story, I said that there will be three parts and the first part, as I told you now, about our close association. Before that, again, I go back a little how my first meeting with with him was in 1935. 
It was not a meeting, it was an encounter. I had, I had seen him, I used to see him before coming to Pranam. He had a radiant face and a body. Even his beard and long hair had a glow. His shoulders remind me a line from Savitri. Gleaming shoulder, uh, what do you call, with a god-like hope. That shoulder gleaming, I used to observe when Champaglal used to come down to pranam at that time. Then he had a radiant face and body. Even his beard had a glow. As Shovinda remarked, he looked like a demigod. In 1935, when this demigod came to the dispensary, the poor demi-human Nirod, who was in charge of the dispensary, couldn't bear his Brahma And there was an explosion. I wrote to Shivinda about it. And at that time, I was luckily enjoying some intimacy with Shivinda. So he answered back, saying, outbursts of that sort are too common with Chambhagla. And when heat meets heat, it is almost midsummer now. So that is how Srivindra's genial disposition and unfailing humor acted like a cool shower and I laughed aloud, forgot all the bitterness. With such a demigod, fate brought me into close contact when Srivindra had his accident. He was there by his birthright, and I intruded upon his right by my medical right. Both of us standing at opposite poles in many respects. Yet we formed by the Guru's supramental alchemy into a synthetic friendship. Our love for the Guru being the cementing factor. That friendship never lost its purity and psychic sweetness. For 12 years I have seen him doing service of the Master. One can't describe it in words. We have tried a bit, I have tried a bit in my book, 12 years, to give some notation or some perception of it, that gives only a hint. Luckily, what I had missed had been, what I had missed, he has recorded himself in his book, in his book, Champaglal Speaks. And I came to know about it long after Srivindu had passed away. I was busy while I was busy noting our talks, he was busy secretly noting other things which I had noticed, but I did not bring into my, what you call, writing. So these talks 
here. I believe some of you may have gone through it and must have noted something very special. I'll talk about it very soon. So I was amazed to find later um, what he had been recording secretly. He never told me about it. That's not true friendship, by the way. And neither did I tell him, but he knew that I was doing it. Anyhow, so there Champaklal comes out in his sarupa as a bhakta par excellence. And his psychic oneness with the mother and Srivindu is written there in golden terms through various eloquent examples. You will find there um, that for a bhakta, every gesture, every touch is precious and it brings a bliss beyond any human comparison. This is what is termed as the mystery of love. And let me now giving you, give you some examples from this wonderful book, Champaklal Speaks. So I suppose some of you may be thinking, these are all notations. There is nothing much in it. But I am afraid you will be much mistaken if you take such a superficial view of things. Here, there are revelations, there are discoveries, there are wonderful notations and visions. And how Champaklal was so careful in his service, you will see when I read out to you some of these observations. Now one thing, how simple Champaklal is, as you had seen there, childlike, here is another example. That was in 1926. Champaklal asked, Mother, I want to see your force challenges. Mother, oh, you want to see my force? If I draw out my force, you will completely collapse. You will be flattened. Do you want to experience it? You will not be able, you will not be able to go even up to the railway station. So now, what is force and how that force is sustaining us? Here is an example. Then another one, Mother says, While giving Srivindra's dish to me, Mother said, The being which we want to manifest in you demands complete surrender. There are four brothers, out of them one wants to manifest in you and he is waiting for you to be ready. And that being wishes that I should work in you. That is in 1926. So there are many such things, as I said, revelations. Certainly, in 1929, he says to mother, mother, I feel like going away. Mother, oh, 
after being trained by me. Then again, 1926. He says, I have mentioned to you once before that every wish in my life had been fulfilled and that many more that would arise would also be fulfilled. That has been my observation and conviction. I once asked mother if this is true in everybody's case. Mother said, no, no. You live in faith and by faith you get everything. Every man does not wish pointedly for only one thing. It is mixed with many other things. And that is why they are not fulfilled. Then here, he says, I once said to Sri Aurobindo that I could not understand how mother could give different explanations to different people, different answers to the same question. Sri Aurobindo firmly answered, she has her own reason to say. Then, there are so many things, I don't know which one. It was when mother was ill, at one time. Sriobindo used to attend upon her in the afternoons. When he was in, I would wait in the passage outside. It was a Sunday, raining heavily. Srivindu came out and said to me, Mother is asking if you know how to close the window. Luckily, I had a good look at the window mechanism the previous day and I could say, yes, I know. He went in and told Mother, yes, Chambaglal knows. Srivindu didn't know. Then he came out, smiled and said, Mother says you had better close the window if you know how. So he says the heading childlike simplicity of Sri Aurobindo. Then here, Champoglal's other side. It was before 1938. I used to wash Sri dhoti every day and dry it myself. Once it so happened, that I needed clips to hold the cloth on the string for drying. I had asked for some from the prosperity. Then, as usual, the cheat was presented to the mother for signing. Before we all gathered then, when I went in, the mother asked me, why do you want so many clips? His answer, you can come and see my cloth. I said with some force. She kept quiet. She did not say anything. But the next day she started telling me very sweetly, Champaglal, you know people were saying, how can Champaglal talk to mother like that? And so on. I did not realize what was wrong at all and exclaimed, what is there? Again she remained quiet. It was much later that I realized 
that something was wrong in my attitude. So all these bring out how simple he was. Then mother was arranging flowers. It was an understanding that in order to save time, I could show etc. her paintings. Then after seeing the painting, mother said, this is the best. Then, is that so? He asked. I think so. We shall see. Srivabindo was the artist. Chambogal. Leonardo da Vinci. Mother smiled sweetly and said, yes. Then I pointed to the picture and said, Mother, it seems this is yours. Yes, do you not see the resemblance? Mother put her finger on the lips, as in the picture, and showed also the lower portion of the face. Then, in 1940, when we are there, Mother says to Champoglai, I am very pleased with your work. I like your faithfulness. I like your sincerity. I like your steadiness. I like your regularity. I like your courage. Then here is a joke by Sri Aurobindo. He has noted that also. Sri Aurobindo said about injection. I don't, can't read Sanskrit properly. Please don't laugh. My Bengali Sanskrit reading. Yatha buddhi buddhisthatara gati yata injection tata gati. Then, translation, as is the mind, so is the course. As is the injection, so is the course. Then, another notation. You see, he used to note all these which escaped me. I didn't bring in all this in my writing. And he notes them. Dr. Monilal, he was another simple man, very simple indeed. He asks, Sir, how long will the inconscient continue? So you have already asked this question. It is, all, it is like the second front. When will the first transform an appear, sir? I am not asking of the last man. <clears throat> so you asked him, who is the first? I don't know, sir. You must be knowing. Then, I don't try to know. I was not born for sadhana siddhi. I was born only for doing sadhana. So I must remain ignorant of what you ask. Perhaps an unexpected person may come first. Now about Savitri. Srivindu used to sit on his chair in the passage outside the room. Most of you know it. Late at night, after dinner, and write. He would place cheat pads on the handle of the chair and write. After writing, he would repeat the lines to himself. I would sit outside the hall, listening to his reading. It was so beautiful. I had not, of course, asked him whether I could sit there. One day, however, he saw me there. 
For a moment he looked surprised, but immediately afterwards he smiled and proceeded with his work. Then, here, this also I witnessed and I think I was a party to it. About again Savitri. Srivindu used to write on small cheat pads, he would collect a few sheets and pin them on the original manuscript pages in their places. I often watched him doing it. One day I saw him having some difficulty with pinning. What had happened was that the sheets were too many and it was not easy to insert the pain at all of them together. It was certainly beyond Sirovindo's capacity, physical capacity I am talking. Then I heard, he said, and saw that the pin had slipped. Push! And again, I heard this sound. Sirovindo saying, again, push! Then I ran to him, and he showed me what he had been trying to do. It was indeed difficult to do it, in the way he wanted. Somehow I succeeded in doing it and I received a broad smile. Oh, what a look! After that day, whenever it was needed, you would call Champakla. How sweet to hear the name from his mouth. I used to enjoy it immensely. Whenever he called me by name, I remember I have even kept a record of how many times in a day and night he had called me by name for something or other. So it was also when mother called me by name. One Samrita told me, how lucky you are, Champa. How sweet it is to hear mother when she calls you by name. Here was another Amritada, a devotee, a bhakta. So, bhakta and bhakta appreciate these things. I don't know how you enjoy them or not, but what is coming out, you can easily make out. Then in 1944, Sri used to sit on a chair with a table in front, while writing. Once while writing, he asked for water. He was drinking some water. As he was drinking, some water was spilled. A little later, some more was spilled. He asked me why he happened like that. He was using a feeding cup and its opening was a little broader than usual. I explained to him, because the opening is large, you have to take slowly without tilting too much. Srivinda so said, oh, and gave a big smile. He followed my directions and the water was not spilled. Truly, he was sometimes like a child before another child. Then here, mother's humility. When mother came to Srivinda's room this morning, I showed her a self-portrait done for somebody. On seeing it, Mother said, Senor, Kiske said, Lord, what is this? Then she saw her own signature there and asked, When was this done? I pointed out what was written there below. But it is not good. The mirror was not good. 
Then he said, what you did for somebody else was remarkable, Mother. It was extraordinary, wonderful. That was the best. Mother, yes, it is not there. It is destroyed. Then he says, Mother, the portrait you did for me, isn't that nice? Mother says, perfect. If it is written there, Leonardo da Vinci, nobody will find it out. Do not spoil it. Then here, when Sravindu was taking his meal, something happened and the tumbler of grape juice was upset on the table. I picked up the tumbler and showed to mother that one drop of juice was still left in it. Mother said to Sravindu, Champaglal says, there is one drop of juice still left. Sravindu picked up the glass, said, oh, one drop of consolation. And he slipped it smilingly. What I am trying to draw to your notice, how all these small things even were observed by Champula and noted down. Then, when Sri Aurobindo was on his bed, we used to place a table from front when he signed. Today, however, there was only one book. I sat by his side on the floor. And after the book was signed, I showed him my palm and pointed out one of the lines there and told him that I wished to see how far his line had gone. His daring, his mind, gave me his hand and showed the palm. Seeing it, he asked, what? It is very long. It is exactly what X has asked me to see. He smiled and said, oh, though I do not know palmistry, I know the main three lines. On his palm, I saw the lifeline fully extended. There are numerous other lines. Then, this is their way, you see. I came to know that somebody has offered one big wall clock which is there, which strikes. I thought it would be good for use in Sivovindu's room. But I felt that mother might give it away to somebody. So I told mother, mother, you asked Sivovindu whether it would be useful. Mother said, then you ask him whether he needs it. Then he said, mother, if you wish, you will say yes. So please, you ask him. Mother said, that is why I am asking you to speak to him. If he really needs it, he will say yes. To you, he will say what is a fact. Then I went to Srivindu and told him about the clock. Srivindu asked, oh, it strikes? Then he smiled and remarked, yes, it will be very useful. You can tell mother. Again he smiled and all in me smiled. Then it, this is 1948. Today mother was not well and a notice had been put on the board to the effect. Yet she went down 
gave pranam, then returned. She was so tired that I could not bear to see her. Tears welled out of my eyes. I went and informed Sri Aurobindo about mother. Sri Aurobindo said she ought not to go down. But next day also, though she was not well, she again went down and received people for pranam. So they say there were innumerable occasions when mother has done this, how much she exerted herself and in what conditions. And this is beautiful. This is during the war time, you will remember, 1948. Mother gave a new talk for Srivindu's I said, yes. Mother said, then bring them. They will be given to Pobitra and we will make a nice big cake out of them. I give all my bits to him and he prepares a cake. It was what time there was difficulty in getting soaps from France. Mother noticed from my expression that I was not enthusiastic. She went on to ask me, are you not using them? No, mother. Then why waste? If you are using them, it would be all right. Otherwise, why not use them in this way? Now hardly 12, perhaps only 10 are left. Maybe even less. We can make new ones. All right, mother. I shall bring. Now, I had wrapped each bit in paper and numbered date-wise, indicating from what day to what day each had been used. All were arranged in a box. It occurred to me that that mother had asked only for soap beads, I could retain the wrappers with dates. So I took out a few. Then an idea came to me that mother should see the whole box. What a pretty sight it was. So I took to her both the opened ones and the closed. Mother saw the whole thing. She admired and appreciated it so much that she said, I cannot take them again. No, Champakula, you keep them. I cannot take. She was very happy to see the box. So, this is the Champakula again. Then, Madhava said about this, she saw his mails and said, dreamer, writer, poet. Then, this is 1949. After, Sri after his bath in the evening, Sri Aurobindo used to sit in the resting position on his bed. On hearing the approach of mother's car, returning from the playground, Nirod and myself used to adjust his. Today I was not there. And when Nirod started doing things, Srivinda asked him, What is the matter with Chambhagulal? Chambhagulal said, I was invariably present there, but somehow today I was a little late. Then, this was the first time I missed being there earlier to arrange things. But when I heard how Srivinda had inquired of me, I realized with what feelings you can imagine how much he cared. Then, Champavala's daring, 1949. When mother had come to Sri Aurobindo's room, 
I said to her in the presence of Sri Aurobindo, Mother, there is a great chance for you to make the best portrait in the world. What, what? What did you say? Mother, you do the portrait of Sri Aurobindo and that indeed will be the best picture in the world. Mother became serious and asked, what? If you do not go down for two days for giving pranam and utilize that time for doing Sri Aurobindo's portrait, how nice it would be, Mother. No, not possible. She became more serious, obviously to prevent me from discussing it further. But I continued. Mother, once you have promised, when? Mother, do you remember the headmaster from Madras who used to come here and once he distributed badges of Sri Aurobindan yourself? Mother stopped me from continuing and exclaimed, Oh, old stories. Srivindu, what? Mother told him the whole story. Srivindu laughed. Though mother was serious, he seemed to be enjoying the whole thing. Then, then mother went to the next room for putting other cologne in the wash bowl for Srivindu. I followed her as usual. And there I continued. Mother, I have not given up hope. Still I hope. Mother, take one full week. Do not go down. Do little by little every day. Everyone will be very happy when the reason for mothers not going down is known. Mother, if I do it, it will be oil painting, not in water. But you see now it is what time and it is difficult to get the required colors. Mother, I will try and get them. And it cannot be done little by little, mother said. Then it is very good, mother. You do it as it pleases you. As I came back to Srivinder's room, she smiled and asked me, um, What? You have convinced her? Mother has said that she will do it in all colors if the colors can be procured. Srivinder said, Oh, and smiled happily. Later, while going down, I told mother what Srivinder had asked me. Mother said, nobody in the world can convince me. She said it with such an emphasis that was new to me. But I take it that mother has granted my request. Mother gave me an affectionate look and smile. Subsequently, I spoke to Jayantilal to arrange for the colors, but nothing was done. Then in my usual way, I left it to the divine will. Long after I narrated all this to Jayantilal, who said he did not know that the colors were needed for the purpose, I did not discuss further. Father. So the divine will was not there and that was not to be. This I think I don't know if you know about it. Here I come in. We were playing tennis at that time. Somehow we have gone to the final. Again, mother's favorite pair. When I was leaving after finishing the work, after giving birth to Srivindu, I asked Chambhoglal to inform Srivindu to give me force. I said, tell Srivindu to give me special force because today is my final match 
but tell this to him after my going. Then he says, I, as he left, within his hearing distance, I told Srivabindu, Nirod wants you to give him more force because today is his final. Oh, so he wants more force. And he laughed. He seemed to me he enjoyed it. But luckily or unluckily, we are very badly defeated. There are much to it. I don't go into it. How mother's cleverness and diplomacy played the whole time. That is another, I think, I have written in my 12 years. So I came hastily and told Champaklal, tell Sivabindu that <laughs> we have been badly defeated. Then Champaklal told Sivabindu, oh, he was defeated. Then he laughed and laughed and laughed. Then I am coming to the end of it. Then here, Champaklal says, apropos of some event, which is too long, I am not going into it. Then he says, I was always at my best with serving. With mother it was different. My behavior with her was exactly <clears throat> as it was with my physical mother, whom I had served in my childhood in the same way. I remember my physical mother saying that only a girl could have served like that. Mother had trained me orally, Sriyavindu through look and smile. I have served mother, but I have not known her. And there are one or two more before we finish. Here, 1949. Till midnight. Mother used to come to our room at midnight or after midnight for serving this dinner, but as some of you know it. So here it says, Srivinda inquired, is mother still in trance? Chambulal, yes. Mother had came to our Srivinda's room for his dinner at 12.34 night. She informs Yovinda that she would not go down today. So, people were informed. Then again, next day, another day, it was 12.40. Mother came to Yovinda's room, talked to him and went away. She came back again at 12.50. Then mother went out, came back for Yovinda's dinner, at 12.52 a.m. and lasted till 1.15 a.m. You see, all these he has noted very scrupulously. Now, this is very significant. Then mother, one day mother was very late. Oh, mother came very early. Srivinda asked me, what is special today? Why is mother so early today? Lunch also early. Everything is early today. I did not reply. He asked again, you don't know? Is it a special blessing day? Chambala, no, today is Pranav's birthday. I hear mother is going to take the salute and so is going early to playground. Mother smiled, Srivabindu smiled, looked at me and said, ah. Then, 
Normally, when the mother came to Sri Aurobindo's room, she would take his hand and kiss it. But today, 5-11-1949, when she came to him, she bent her head before him. And Sri Aurobindo placed his hand on her head and blessed her. It was a rare sight. I cannot describe what I felt. Then, speaking of their expressions, I must say that I was never tired of observing them. It meant so much to me. It was my life. Looking back, I can see how, through all these means, they both trained me in becoming more and more conscious. But at that time, I was not aware that I was being trained. It was always from joy to joy. The next, mother said to me, for the last two days, I have not been able to take food for want of time. Today also I could not. I want to take food now. Then I went and informed the people. Then once, I remember when she was not keeping well, mother came out of her room at night, <coughs> stood near Srivindu's door, looked at me where I was sitting near his bed and asked, can I see Srivindu? I was greatly moved. Surely she did not need, need to ask me whether she could come in. Yet she asked, I said, of course, and informed Sri Aurobindo. He said, yes. Then, when Sri Aurobindo used to have mosquito bites, Sri Aurobindo used to say, show the various places to Chambaglal, and there were many, many places at that time. And he would give in every time after applying some ointment, Sri Aurobindo would give him an unforgettable smile. Now, Mark, the joy at the touch of his body, the joy while rubbing the ointment, is indescribable. I remember what I felt when he put his arm around me while walking. It is unimaginable. Last coming. There is a stray remark how he keeps all this in mind. Apropos of what I don't know. Srivinder says on himself, as a father I am stupid. As a father he is stupid. Then there is another Srivinder's doggerel about somebody's poetry. Perhaps you have heard Dara's name, his poetry. So Srivinder makes another doggerel in this. Gandhi, Gandhi, what of the night? Is it dark or is it light? Now this, 1950, month of June 6th, when mother came to Sri room today, it was 9.45. As soon as she came, she sat on his cot on one side. She looked extremely tired. Looking at me, she asked, how long? 
I understood what she meant and replied. Two hours, ten minutes. She had to stand and receive people that long. Mother then looked at Sri Aurobindo and said, just one word, but with full expression, killing. It was painful to hear that. Sri Aurobindo became very serious. Then it is July. Sri Aurobindo showed me his hand, saying that some insect may have bit it at night. The bite was on two fingers and the palm. He said, last time it was cured by your rubbing, so you can try. I rubbed the ointment for 20 minutes, holding his hand in mine. Then here is, I started serving serving the mother said just in front of his table, she applied something to the bread. Then uh, today I have no time to take food there, she said, I shall take it here. Then Chamburla said, yes. Very good mother, Srivinda smiled. This was the first and the last time we saw them taking food at the same time, in the same place, together. It was a rare event. So that finishes Champoglal's diary and my talk also. If you find it interesting, well, at least one thing has come out very clearly and everybody has noticed it. Champoglal's love for his mother and his children.